Hey everybody, welcome into Roosters on Olentangy River Road in Columbus, Ohio, the greatest city in the world. This is Letterman Live. We're in the Letterman Lounge. It's a Monday. Uh, we have our sign back, Bob, right behind you. This one has been screwed down so the yep. firm can't steal it. Uh, so we have a lot to cover, and it's exciting to be back here. We've got local political activist Cardale. Oh, Jones stop it! For <laughs> local, statewide. I mean, this statewide, is a- worldwide. <laughs> Uh, pushing through name, image, and likeness. We're filming this before he's changing clothes into his suit. Maybe a tux. I'm not sure what he's going to wear. Would <laughs> you please just wear a tux? Oh, my God. With a long tail and the hat. Just go all White out. The dumb and dumber one. The blue, either, oh, yeah. blue one. One of, the, one of two things needs to happen, Cardell. Either you need to go over the top with dressing, like you look ridiculously overdressed for a situation, or you need to go there like ridiculously underdressed. <laughs> Like, just flip flops, beaters, some you know, like you got the camo shorts on. Go straight OSU short, straight like oh, you know, yeah. when freshmen get on the campus right. and take their loops on and walk around campus. I might just go just like yes, that. get your loop, go <laughs> go over there, talk to Rob, get hey, your loop. Let's, hey, let's wrap this up, guys. I got to go get a quick pump after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next to him is Berm, and then Bobby Carpenter, of course. Couple couple Buckeyes and a recruiting analyst right in the middle. We got a lot of ground to cover, but the Cardale. So where you're heading as we time travel with this show and reveal when we're recording, you haven't been over to the state house yet. Governor, De- Governor DeWine is coming to the name, image, and likeness rescue. I think you said you've been to like four appearances in the last eight days to try and push this thing over to the finish line. Uh, what got you into it, and why do you, why have you become the uh, face of this? I uh, yeah, I don't understand <laughs> how I became the face and so um, active in this. Um, it started probably about 10, 12 days ago, just getting invited to the state house to give my testimony about being a student athlete and being on scholarship. And, and sometimes, you know, that check is just not enough when you're right. living off campus. So you find other ways and means by rooming with two, three other guys to, you know, make those bills a little easier. But, um, I mean, the student athletes, not just football, because that's the one you think of. And, you know, us being Ohio State football, <clears throat> uh, former football players and have an opportunity to fill the shoe, uh, you know, week in and week out. We see some of the revenue that's, you know, being generated through um, through athletics yeah. and, and particularly through the football community. So we think it's time for the student athletes. And what we've been thought, I mean, pretty sure Bobby, when he was playing, that he felt that he should have been compensated for some of the things they'd done on the field. Yeah. And you got so many student athletes that's household names in college and don't have an opportunity to play the next level, but could have made a crap ton of money and who made a crap ton of money for their universities, but walked away empty handed. So I think it's time that, you know, it changed. So what's interesting, I saw, uh, saw our guys Braxton and Troy on uh, Saturday night after we were, got back from Indian Lake. That's yeah. Braxton Miller. Braxton and Miller Troy and Troy Smith. Yeah. Two guys. That, Great combination. Yeah. Two guys. Uh, As if there was any well, doubt. For- yeah. well, the three of us there had three silver football trophies between us. That's a pretty good combo right <laughs> you know. <laughs> one so, per person. Well, on but average. Not necessarily. On average. On average, one per person. <laughs> on average, one per person. <laughs> one, everyone gets to hold one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I, I qualified <laughs> for that. But, I mean, you could make the argument. And this is because everyone always looks at, you know, especially football and men's basketball. Like, okay, these guys go play professionally. They can make tons of money. Mm-hmm. You know, Braxton Miller, you know, due to an injury, and he still got drafted and played, but I don't think, you know, he really couldn't throw a football anymore and, you know, as well as he could have before. And there was a lot of mitigating factors, obviously, that, that led to some of that. But, you know, he had played three, four years in the NFL and did all right, but never had that illustrious NFL career. And then, you know, Cardell Jones, who wins a wins a national championship it's the greatest three-game stretch probably in ohio state history you know the next year obviously goes back and forth with uh jt you know and plays in the nfl for a couple years never hits that massive payday and so there would have been an opportunity like i was thinking him brax like opportunity for those guys to parlay their success at ohio state 
which was really concentrated here to be able to monetize that with name, image, and likeness stuff exactly. where they were never like, oh, millions are waiting to pro. Like, everybody said million. Like, that's not how it works. He knows how hard it is, yeah. man. It's, it's, it's difficult. And so at Ohio State, you can do that in a level you really can't do at a lot of schools. And, you know, Urban famously said after the postgame presser there, the national championship game where, you know, Cardell Jones's brand will never be bigger than it is at this moment. Right. You know, at that point, we thought, all right, see you, Cardell. You're out of here. Like, you, yeah. you, you, already must, you already must have told him after the game <laughs> that I'm gone. Well, the, the other part of that, Bob, is that obviously being at Ohio State is part of it. And a lot of these guys grow their social media accounts. And they're, they're very famous in Columbus just being one of 85 scholarship athletes. But to take it to a you know, potentially generational moment in terms of wealth, you know, December of 2014, January 2015 for Cardale, you know, you're not going to get that opportunity again where he shoots to a million Twitter followers and to be able to capitalize that. He could have had a sponsorship up there when we drove up to, to Cleveland for his announcement if he was stay or going to go. None of that stuff existed for him or you when you guys had those linebackers. And don't, don't, man, don't remind us, don't, please. I, but, uh, don't remind us of the, <laughs> what we missed out on. That, well, that's the part <laughs> that I think is just most crazy about all of this is why did all of a sudden this mentality or perception change about it? This always should have been the case for you guys owning your own name, image, and likeness. Because he was there when it started to change a little bit. Probably when you first got there, that was – because when did UConn win the national championship? UConn won ba- – uh, basketball? Yes. Girls or boys? Well, they, the, bo- the boys. The last one with yeah, – what's his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like 2011. Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. Was it? it was 10 when he dropped the guy from Gonzaga. And the, there was their point guard. Uh, Kimball Walker. Walker. Not Kimball, but one of the other dudes on the team where he talked about He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I, had to go to bed, I had to go to bed hungry at night. Yeah. And like all of a sudden they started examining. We're like, yeah, you can have a bagel with butter, but cream cheese crosses the line. And all yeah. of a sudden – People are like pressing down, like, wait, you guys make all this money on these guys, and these rules don't even make any sense. Why don't you just give them all the food that they want? They're working out, they're doing all this stuff. If they want to go eat three or four, four times a day, why can't they eat four times a day as opposed to, as opposed to three? So I felt like that was a little bit of where the tidal wave of public perception began to change, where these guys aren't just normal student athletes, like normal students. It's a different requirement of what you're asked to do. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then obviously 15 and Cardell gets rolling. And I feel like that's picked up a ton of steam since then. Yeah, for sure. And then the NCAA slowly but surely try to change some of their ways. And then you see more players get in trouble for for things that that's Chase Young, for example. Yeah. You know, when he was spending for a game because he asked a family friend, just happened to be, you know, a, a wealthy person yeah. for some type of financial compensation for his family. And you look at that as a, the public looking at it, it's like, golly, NCAA, you're going to punish this kid for trying to help his family. Trying to get his girlfriend he, to the Rose Bowl. Exactly. And even though he paid this paid person back. back, you know, when the bowl gifts and things like that came in, it's just a simple fact of like, we shouldn't have these student athletes in this position when they're bringing in so much money to this university. You know, and they're not allowed to take advantage of what they're doing on and off the field. Well, they finally now, I mean, even, and, and this is like the whole evolution of this. When Urban started pressing and they didn't used to be able to help with your uh, lost travel, your, your, your parents' travel, yeah. which was a big deal. It's like, hey, we're going to this game. Like, awesome. Everybody's going to go. Yeah. Uh, to bring your parents and, you know, family, whatever. It's like, that's like $4,000. Like, Especially last I mean, minute like yeah, that. Cause cause you last have, minute flight, yeah. Because you got to have. Last minute flight. Yeah. Crazy. Finding a hotel. hotel yeah. Finding a hotel. Which, like, some of the schools, you know, my brother played at Cincinnati, and it wasn't obviously Ohio State, so they would book them in the team room. They'd take, you like, the team rates and all that stuff, or, or we didn't get that stuff. Yeah. You know, your, your parents like, how the heck are you going to pay for all this? 
Yeah. yeah, that and then they're able to start to pay for the the uh, disability insurance and pay the premiums on that, which is like, okay, you, I want to come back to school, but you know, I need a million dollar policy. It's gonna cost twenty five thousand dollars. Why can't afford? Their family can't afford that. So okay, we can start helping with some of these things. So it's slowly, like Cardinal says, chipped away at this. Yeah. All of a sudden now, it's like dude, these people. You got the the uh, the Paul brothers making millions of dollars a year on YouTube, like. <laughs> Why can't players? Like, why wouldn't players be able to do that if they want to have their own stuff? Uh, being their of, own, oh, some sorry. of it has to be just recognizing you can't stop some of the yeah. stuff that's going to happen. The, exactly the, the way that social media works, the way Venmo works. I mean, people are going to get paid. There are going to be people who are malicious actors who are going to say, "Hey, I, I can give you fifty bucks here, no big deal. Just show up at our at our party for fifteen minutes. I mean, whatever. It it's going to happen. And who cares if it and does? who cares if it does? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It does. Even even with the name image likeness going into effect, it's still going to be ways around that for you know people and athletes going to get paid. You know. X amount or, you know, when they dip into the recruiting, like, hey, we're going to guarantee you this and we're going to guarantee you that, even though the schools have no control of that, but they still got great relationships with their boosters. Well, the NCAA has no enforcement wing right now at all. Surely not. The NCAA has no enforcement wing at all. So it's interesting that they're trying to pass this now NCAA-sponsored legislation and make sure that they put in it that is if the NCAA believes that the inducement was used as a recruiting tool and then it's a penalty believe like, luck. there's so much like, luck. ambiguity yeah, exactly. in proving that right. plus by the way you like the supreme court ruling on a lot of this stuff was very very aggressive on like the amateur status and these guys are employees like if they play it all it's going to take a couple guys to file suit in court against that and they'll be they'll, it's, i know it's legislation but that stuff can get, can get i mean this yeah. there is yeah. there's a lot of things here that are in play yeah. employees can get fired yeah. Uh, scholarships are going to become much less guaranteed, I think. But also, ultimately, for you guys, for the players that do it, you still have to be damn good at football to have people want to give yeah, you anything. So you, exactly. can't, you can't go out there and just say, maybe maybe as a true freshman, you might be able to tell people in your hometown, hey, I'm playing at Ohio State, and they're going to sponsor you for a couple things, or you're going to make a little bit of money. But if you go there and you don't play for three years, nobody's going to give a rat's patootie who, who you are yeah. at that point. So yeah. you still have to go out and, and put it on the field, and that's where your brand will obviously continue to grow. But the, the, the idea that this is somehow – um, going to ruin college football, people just don't realize that this has always been going on. Now yeah. it's just going to be more above board than that. Right, exactly. Now you're going to see, now you can't question when that athlete, that student athlete, that star quarterback, whatever, pull up in a freaking Bentley. You know, he got the means to do it because I think, you know, looking at guys, looking at recruits and looking at some of the players on the team now, I mean, these guys are going to be making north of three, four $400,000 a year probably. Yeah. You know, and not just, and, and this is just, right when they sign that dotted line here in a couple of hours, you know? And a big part of that too is not even just a sponsorship. Like we're going to bring people, bring current players into roosters to be able to do that and add that to the show. I mean, talking about someone with the social media outreach that you had as a player, that's worth as you, I mean, you're still using it. Yeah. That's yeah. worth a lot of money just for one post. You should yeah. sell that we think... didn't come here to play school tweet. Like as an NFT. <laughs> NFT, yeah. NFT. I mean, yes. That'd be yeah. worth a lot. Yeah. I and think I you think, probably and deleted I... it. No, I still have it. Okay. I still have it. <laughs> you can Google it. But anyway, but yeah, that's crazy because it, the simple fact of, um, you know, these players, I think a lot of this will be taken advantage on the social media platforms. I mean, just look at where, you know, the society in the world is going to anyway. I mean, just a simple post to reach so many different people. So with, you know, so one thing that the um, representatives, our representatives was concerned about is, you know, we talk about how players don't have a lot of time to do this and do that and hold a job and things like that. 
how would they have these opportunities and these media obligations and these um, marketing obligations to make time for this? I'm like, for one, it's money, so they'll find time. They'll find <laughs> so time. Always, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. They sleepy, hey, they sleepy, but they got to go drive an hour and a half away back to their hometown to make $20,000. They pop a five-hour energy. They get there and get back. But I was telling them, it's really going to be capitalized on a social media platform because this is what these people want. They want access to your network. They want access to the people that you're reaching on a daily basis and, you're in, and you and are engaging with. Because so. there are people like, let's use another Letterman Road partner, Byers Auto is a partner with Ohio State. They're probably not going to be lining up to go one through 85. Like Tate Martell yeah. would not have got an offer from George Kaufman. He was in the mix. But... If you have a hundred thousand Twitter followers, I and mean, Tate had more than anybody else on the team, well, there's a there's a market for him. He was well known in that capacity, <laughs> and now you're not just solely being rewarded for play on the field or a recruiting inducement. Exactly. Yeah. You're, just, you're an influencer. Exactly. Right. He Ain't still nothing. is. Right. And nothing wrong. Firm with still that. follows. And nothing wrong with that. <laughs> what's he What's like he put, What's he putting out on the gram lately? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't really. I'm not a big gram user. I'm trying to up my Insta game, but it's it's on that Twitter. You got to start. I mean, you take some some bathroom selfies. I think that might help up the game. I, I, I don't That's think, what the people want out that's there. That's what they want. I don't think so. As of as of recently, I just started un, doing that. Unblock. No, as of recently, I just unblocked him on Twitter. So. <laughs> One of my yeah. big days. Yeah. <laughs> So now I don't have to hear about it anymore. Hey, can you ask Cardale? Yeah, I mean, it, me? it really hurt me. I, <laughs> I never spoke a ill word of the guy, but yet here he was blocked. <laughs> All right. It's cool. Probably guess got in the wrong kind. And now we're here. I'm over it. <laughs> and now we're here. I'm over it. I mean, it doesn't even hurt my feelings anymore. I, I don't cry myself to sleep anymore. <laughs> That's good. That's a real step in the right direction. Cardale, you're sending your son uh, across the border into Canada. Jeez, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said that. Dude <laughs> just talking about his daughter earlier. And I'm like, I think got a son. And then all of a sudden, his, young, his, his young son, I think. Yeah. I, well, I don't know how much younger he is. but He's I, actually older, I believe. Uh, well, you never know how it works out. Uh, for Tybus to get that deal, how good did you feel last week? Um, great. I mean, I knew about it for about almost a month now, and to I mean, wasn't really oh, celebrating. Oh, No, no, it was really celebrating things to like the papers were signed and stuff like that. But I'm excited for him because you know, just like myself, we you know we think we got a lot of play left in us, and it'll be a great opportunity for him to go up there and show him what he got. And you know, when guys take other avenues to get back to NFL, they just you know a slight detour. So. He got a huge chip on his shoulder going up there, and uh, I cannot wait to get one of those BC Lion jerseys. Would you play in Canada? You know what? Would you put on a BC. Lion? I just had the opportunity, but okay. I had to pass. Okay. Because um, of the obligations I have this week, you know, it's tough with football right now. Of you know, clearly to go is trying to play back in the NFL, but as the longer you are away from it, the harder it is to get back into it. Right. You know, so I don't want to allow other opportunities, other things I'm, I love to do. When it comes to life after football, keep passing me up, waiting on a call from an NFL team. So, Canadian team reached out to me about two weeks ago. No, about two days ago, actually. And they asked, you know, one of the time, and they said, hey, you know, but you got a self-quarantine starting tomorrow, oh. which was yesterday. Yeah. No, which was the day of the JR Memorial. Yeah. Started self-quarantine, and then you had to get up there on July 2nd, and then quarantine, and we start camp. Softball game, July 17th, all the stuff with the state house and NIL this week. The show, I'm like, I can lie and say I'm going to self-quarantine <laughs> this week while I'm here, but there's no way I can miss some things that I already had lined up in early right. July. For they'll probably the see you at a press conference. If they don't exactly. see Letterman live, so, they might see you with the governor of Ohio. Hey. Good point. Good point. <laughs> so I was like, you know, 
I'm not going to take that opportunity, that risk of missing out on so many great things that, you know, been in the works for the last six or seven months for a potential opportunity, not just in Canadian League, but in football. And also, they said they signed a quarterbacks for two years. I'm just like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's a little tough right Locked now. Locked in right there. Yeah, it's tough right now. But, uh, yeah, so I had to pass on it. Let's take a break. That's what it's all about. Well, we can talk about this delicious food that we didn't get to at the beginning. That's a great idea, Bob. Well, because we're at the Letterman Lounge and it's Appetizer Tuesday, which means every appetizer, is not every, the featured appetizer is $2 all day long. And I believe this week, it's fried it's pickles. It's Justin Zwick's favorite. And he's not even here to eat the fried pickles. He's going to be wow. so upset that he missed this. Never week. had a fried pickle. They're well, good. You're going to have to try one here at yeah. the break. Pass the basket on down there to 12. We'll get him in. I got that. one right here. He's got we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back on Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. All right. Welcome back into Letterman Live. Cardale has finally had his first fried pickle. Like, Look at him. He's going, well, maybe more than one down there. It's so good. Bob's got one in there. Berm's going to town. What do you think? Appetizer Tuesday. It's Cardale's seal of approval. You got to come check it out. All right. <laughs> you got to go check it out. Get the fried pickles. Uh, Berm, it's your turn to lead the way here. Uh, June has come and gone pretty much in terms of recruiting visits. We saw the numbers over the weekend. It was 177 visitors, 40-some-odd official. 44 official visits, 172 unofficial. I mean, that's a busy month. And Nine can. It's crazy. The, oh. the dead period begins again today. I mean, so you have – a 15-month waiting period to visit schools, and then all these kids are told, okay, cram everything you can into into four weeks. 28 days of madness. And the big one out there uh, that everybody's waiting for, JT Tuimalau. Uh, I know how much you love when people ask you for your predictions, so let's. I'm going to do crystal that. Crystal ball, of course. Yeah. Let's yeah. peer into Berm's crystal ball for the nation's number one recruit. I think it's important to be disclosing the truth here in that I've never spoken to JTT because he doesn't talk to me. So, you know, it's okay. Uh, Why do that's, you think that is? That's pretty rare, by the way. Because he's a kid who who just wants it private. And he he's got his car one, gu- one, guy, one guy in Seattle, Brandon Huffman from 247 Sports, that he talks with, who he met when he was in sixth grade and he's, he's kind of worked with him his whole, whole uh, prep career. So everything that you see here – See, so you've been comma. scoping out sixth graders now, Berm? Is that uh, no? That's no, not me. That Brandon Huffman. <laughs> yeah, but but to be able to get that, in with some right, of these dudes, right. well, you go to these camps, you see kids at, the, at a young age, you say, "Okay, oh, that kid's a six foot four, two hundred pound, fourteen year old. Maybe we should watch him." Um, so, you know, everything that you see or hear or read about JT Tuomaloa comes from two sources. It's either Brandon Huffman or somebody who talks to a coaching staff that's recruiting JT Tuomaloa, right? Uh, Bottom line is Ohio State has remained optimistic that they are the team to beat in this recruitment, and they felt that way since March of 2020 when he was expected to make his official visit last spring. Obviously, then the world ended, and so that didn't happen. Um, And what you worry about is that over the course of 16, 17 months, that that feeling goes away. Uh, And because Larry Johnson is... I thought absence makes the heart grow fonder, bro. In some cases, it do. <laughs> Not, however, in recruiting, generally speaking. Um, the rules are different for recruiting. Yeah, everything's, McDonald's makes everything's flipped on its head. Um, but L- Larry Johnson is a, is a masterful relationship builder. And so even though he's only been doing it over Zoom and FaceTime, which, of course, is awkward for Larry Johnson because I don't think, you know, he's, he's not a big technology. He's just button. learning how to use a cell phone, probably. Um, he's done a really great job maintaining that. So the Buckeyes got him on campus for his official visit June 18th through the 20th. And 
according to everyone that I speak to inside of the program down the street, everything went as well as could possibly be expected. They did things that were a little different for them. The Hawaiian the, shirts. The meeting at the airport, the, the Hawaiian shirts to try to, like, you know. The like, helicopter ride around Columbus. Well, that didn't happen. That was L.A. But I think we tried to up our game. Hot air balloon, something. Um, Skydiving. Skydiving into the shoe. Into the shoe. Did, they, did you get to meet with him? I did not. Oh, I was actually. So I was they didn't the pull out the real big gun. Well, we were down. We were down in Florida. Team. We were yeah. down in Florida yeah. for the Buckeye cruise. I said, you know what? Fly him down here. You want to see what Ohio <laughs> State can do for you? Come down here and <laughs> take a look it. at this. Yeah. Cardell has slowly found out more and more as he's done these events. Yes. Like what yes. the branding power of Ohio State is, and just the the unbelievable passion. In the love, like, un- almost pseudo unconditional <laughs> love. They're like, they're pretty close. Pretty these cool. people, they're, they're awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Like, it's almost overwhelming sometimes, but it's fantastic. Bob, Bob is saying this somewhat in in jest, but that really was the point of the entire weekend for Ohio State when they had him in Columbus, and it's it's a it's a sign of how things are changing in the recruiting world because this was not about oh you can come here and be a great football player like he's the number one player in the country <laughs> he's been watching the drafts right he, he knows that it was bosa bosa young like this those guys a, are obvious right. this is about you're coming to columbus ohio not just coming to ohio state this is, and that the fact that ohio state and columbus ohio are part and parcel with each other that you are this is the whole package and you know it's that's the sell it's about hey this is where you're going to maximize who you are on and off the field and that's why Ohio State is better for you than USC, where you go and you're one big fish in a yeah. city full of big fish. Or Oregon, where, you know, sure, Nike has a hand in Oregon. Uh, newsflash, Nike spends a whole hell of a lot of money in Ohio State, too. Yeah. And Phil Knight is certainly vested in Oregon as a entity, but he is also not a dumbass and is not going to just upset Ohio State. Well, he makes quite a few appearances uh, in Columbus. Right. So oh, yeah. There, there's, you know, Ohio State, I think this is something they've done all month long with a lot of these really uh, top-tier kids is try to just show them, hey, this is this place that is the best of everything you're going to get. There's a there's an increased academic focus at Ohio State over the last decade. The culture in the locker room is better than anywhere in the country. The program is in a as good a spot as anyone in the country. The city of Columbus is one of the, you know, fastest-rising Cities in the country, like you're going to get everything you want in this spot, and it's a three-hour plane ride from home. That's what's the most ridiculous part about this name, image, and likeness NCA side of it. All of that is a recruiting inducement. When you're recruiting, you are trying to induce somebody to come. Yeah. You're not just going to say, "Well, here's fifty dollars out of my pocket," but it it would be insane to not describe what you're getting out of the program. Like right. all of it is part of recruiting these players to Ohio State. Why it makes Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, USC, so appealing in the first place. Yeah, one thing about recruiting, I can remember going through the recruiting process with a guy who recruited, Coach Trestle recruited you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Guy who recruited Bobby, was being recruited by him and his staff. And it's just, yeah, it was all about football in a way, but it wasn't all about football in a way. I mean, we talked about life after ball. We talked about what doing um, well outside the field, off the field, can do for you just because of having that alumni base in Ohio State. And I don't know if there's many places like that right. that will really embrace, help, take care of their alumni base and not just the student-athletes. So if I was going through recruiting and I was a recruit right now, that's one thing I would definitely be looking forward to because, like, yeah, football is great. I'm the number one guy, I'm number two, whatever it may be, but it don't last forever. And it's not always guaranteed. It's not always promised. I mean – 
Bobby probably can name countless guys who came in highly recruited guys who probably never saw a lick of field and was just like, what's going on? Well, you think about his class. I mean, it was him and A.J. Hawk, and then they were the, the throw-ins at linebacker because Mike D'Andrea was the number one ranked player in Ohio at that time, and Mike D'Andrea's career never took off. Now, Mike, I'm sure he's doing fine, right? But the, how did those how did those Carpenter and Hawk guys turn out? I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen Overrated. <laughs> but there, there are guys who I played with. And, you know, their names would escape a lot of people who are very successful. And, they, you know, they never played in the NFL, played a little bit at Ohio State, but exactly. are very, very successful off the field. And a lot of them will tell you, like, the doorway got open to me because of Ohio State. And obviously you had to do something once you got in there. Yeah. It was, but the opportunities that I was granted for, that, for being an Ohio State Buckeye wouldn't have happened at any other place. And that, I, one of the reasons, you know, I, I ended up coming to Ohio State, I mean, there's obviously a lot of them. Um, you know, but I was, I was, you know, my dad played 10 years in the NFL. He goes, listen, there's a lot of great players. Odds of you being able to do that, you get hurt the first day, man. He goes, and then all of a sudden that depth chart stacks against you and you're done. He goes, and you're going to play and you have a great career, you know, and maybe play special teams or whatever, but you're not going to maybe have that next level opportunity. He goes, would you still want to go to school there? What opportunities would be available to, uh, for you? And so I was looking at, you know, Notre Dame and Northwestern, like Stanford, some of these like academic schools that. You know, none of them really had great football except for Northwestern when I was coming out. Notre Dame was transitioning. Heck, they went through like three coaches in three years. Yeah. Stanford wasn't as good. And, uh, you know, I remember asking my dad, talking to my dad about that. He goes, let me tell you this. He's like, you even, and even maybe like looking at Ivy League schools, you know, he's like, you go there. It's like, that's great. It'll be a great opportunity. Because that resume, having that, that, that school on your resume, that may help you get to the top of the stack. It may get you an interview. He goes, Playing at Ohio State is going to get you to the, the top of the stack and get you the interview as well. Yeah. He goes, so you don't, if you're going to stay in Columbus or stay in Ohio, he goes, that's not going to uh, necessarily be a difference maker. He goes, and frankly, you know, depending on where you want to go, because there's more people that have big time jobs all across the country that are from Ohio State or Ohio anyway that are going to help you. So he's like, you'll get the education, but playing at Ohio State, like, oh, hey, you're there. Team's good. Oh, you won national championship. That's awesome. You're on that team. Even if you weren't one of the main dudes, that's going to open up so many avenues for I you. I know so many guys I play with now was walk-ons or players who really never had opportunity to play because, you know, you know how it is. Ohio State, you, you got the best of the best. And, you know, they do – they still do signing events. The guy never played a snap or, <laughs> or go to, like, you know, one of their – go to a uh, – appear at a, a youth camp and, and wearing one of their jerseys or their rings, yeah. you know, and still having that open up other opportunities for them. So, you know, the brand is, is – in a second to nine. Well, that's that's the sell. That's the that's the pitch. Yeah. It's an elite brand. It is yes. an elite brand, elite families. So take that pitch, though, Berman. Put it into perspective on the field. I had been go- going through this, watching it uh, from afar, and then looking at the current roster and thinking that JTT would have been someone who would help on the interior of the line. But that perception of him seems to have changed, or maybe I was wrong about it. I, I thought initially it was a defensive tackle situation, three tech, but now all I hear from you and and Reed is his defensive end. That's what he wants to play, but that that's what he you just got to watch this kid move and realize he's a little <clears> bit different. He's 6 foot 5, he's 275 pounds. He's an elite basketball player. It, he is skinny. He's a skinny 275. He reminds pounds. me of a Dolphins Washington. Right. It, but he's he reminds me of. uh you know, th- the comparison I always hear for him is Cameron Hayward as far as the type of player he is. Um and it's just one of those guys that you When you guys talk about Dolphins Washington Cam Hayward though, I mean, I'm not thinking my mind, you put him out there on the edge like a Bosa or Young. Well, those exactly. guys start. That's, those what, guys, that's what I said. He reminded me more of a, of a Dolphins Washington. Yeah, but did he play 
He played edge, in his edge first year. Beginning. Then he yeah, moved into three. And, I mean, he's in the yeah. NFL. Been the, there the value for Larry Johnson is that you have a 6'5", 275-pound <clears throat> defensive end. Who, Joey Bosa is 6'5", 275 pounds. He can play on the edge. Right. And now maybe maybe JT Tuomaloa, if he picks Ohio State over Oregon, USC, and Washington in the next couple of days, maybe he puts on another 25 pounds and ends up at 6'5", 310, and maybe it changes things. But what his intention is and what his goal is is to stay on the outside and be an edge rusher, and that's what Larry Johnson wants. He wants guys who are all the same size. He wants five guys, you know, eight guys, ten guys who are six foot five, 275 pounds because he doesn't want necessarily – a one tech, the 350 pound one tech. Maybe you get one of those every couple of years, but it's not how you build what he's trying to do with the defensive line. That's four guys who can play at any position at any moment of the game. So, um, you know, for for JTT, it's an opportunity to make an impact at Ohio State this year, and he will. I mean, he's a. I don't care if he shows up three days before the season starts. He's going to be a guy. Back in our days, the Andy Katzenmoyer, who as a freshman was. You just put him out there and say, "Go get the quarterback." You don't need to learn the defense. Putting him in that category, right? man, you don't need you don't need to learn anything elite. else. It's a lead right there. It you is a lead. You don't need to learn anything else. Just go out there and get, hit the quarterback. And so he'll get that sort of opportunity where no matter where he ends up. And the odds are he's playing in against Oregon on September 11th or for Oregon on a September 11th. So Buckeyes fans are going to see him in the horseshoe, one way or another on that day. But you know, it's it's a situation where I don't think anyone really knows what he's going to do. I don't believe that he's going to tell anybody aside from maybe his parents where he's choosing. I don't even think maybe his parents. I, I'm telling you, it's this kid. I love it when the guys don't tell their parents. <laughs> and you see, like, the, the mom snap. Like, I were like, you pick away. Okay. <laughs> it's so, amazing. You might want to give him a heads up so yeah. his reactions are a little yeah. more measured. The things yeah. you have to look for, Ohio State has a summer session of classes that starts on July 6th. I would anticipate a decision is made before then. Probably someday this week. Nobody has any idea except for CBSSports.com and, and 247 Sports. And that, as far as I was told on Sunday night, has not been finalized as far as the timeline. Now They will have it. They, they will absolutely have it. There is no chance in the world that they are not going to be the ones to have this happen. I mean, so JTT canceled that visit. Pretty certain right there, bro. No chance in the world that they're Doesn't not. know if he'll tell his parents, but is certain. They will have the announcement. <laughs> Got it. That, right. that is a guarantee. <laughs> but, you know, he he canceled that trip to Alabama last weekend and never told anybody other than the reporter who wrote the story. <laughs> Wait, were the people in Alabama waiting for him in the flight? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Nick Saban had on his kidding. Hawaiian he shirt and his leg. He's like, tell trying to put this on somebody. Are you? What does he cancel that trip in our and he like breaks out and commits Alabama? I mean, was that that's what I saw somebody so somebody say that's how good Alabama is. He, he's going to go there after canceling the visit. Right. But uh, the the odds are that it's going to happen sometime this week. I'm just hoping it's not happening on Wednesday morning when I'm flying to California or Sunday morning when I'm flying home from California. So other than that, are you flying up there? What are you flying to California for? Oh, I'm going to take a helicopter ride around the USC. <laughs> um, Perfect. The Elite Eleven. They have a parade scheduled for him. The Elite Eleven and the opening uh, okay. are back, and so we'll go see Quinn Ewers out there. Oh yeah, the mullet. Uh, and as far as I know, a handful of Ohio State commits are heading out for for the uh, opening and trying to take in some of the things that they missed in the last year with uh, the COVID year. So, nice. bottom line, JT Tumalau is it's Ohio State, Oregon at the top of the pack, Washington, USC. I guess if I was putting him in in odds, I Ohio State's the prohibited favorite. Probably a two to one favorite. Really? Um but pretty firm magic eight. They ball. have been they've been the leader the entire way. And nothing has happened that should fundamentally change that. Now the question is, does the kid decide 
I want to go three hours away from home for school or a four four hour plane ride. You know what's interesting though? Like, I feel like inside two hours is is doable. Like, and you can being from Cleveland, you can get back. You get three hours or more, and it almost becomes a wash a little bit because it's not like you're going to be able to get back. Like, you're not doing that trip in a day. Yeah, you know, you're going there for multiple days at, at some point in time. So, you know, it's I. Three hours, like if he was going He's to if he was going to Washington, how far is he from Washington? About twenty five minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he was Washington, okay, that's that's home. Oregon yeah. is home ish, but you know it's still for his parents. I mean, that's did you, you play those noon games? You play those nine a.m. games? Nine a.m. kicks. Those nine a.m. kicks <laughs> that they're gonna have out there. And then some of those late games they got out there. Oh wow. yeah. With the nine a.m. Uh, card, I nine, want you to think. I can only. What are you waking imagine. up at four thirty five in the morning? Maybe earlier to beat some traffic. Oh, depending on how good the team is and who's coming in town. Pack, no one's going to the Pac-12. So that should have been the recruiting. Yeah, there's push. no traffic out there. If you want to know whose brand is stronger, they are playing the game. And the three thirty would have been better for Ohio State, but they're playing the biggest game at noon because Ohio State's playing it with no respect to Oregon, th- their fans at all. Their team, too bad. Deal with the breakfast game. Well, it's because they don't have enough fans for it to really matter, yeah. uh, which is the unfortunate part. When you look back, uh, Bob, to what Burn was talking about with building that defensive line and the same body types, what Larry Johnson's impact, we know how great it's been. What if, What's the secret sauce there? Ooh, the secret sauce? Um, well, I mean, I think if you go back and I used to look at Schlegs' computer and he had a full uh, dossier of just naked dudes on there. He's taking these pictures of the guys. Cardell, there's some Cardell shots in his, his little <laughs> whiteies. They roll them up, you know, get the legs going out, no shirt on. I mean, Chris Hansen might want to have you sit down and have a conversation if they ever dug into that hard drive. But <laughs> you looked at all these guys, you watched the transformations that they would make with Mickey Marotti. And number one, they become stronger and more explosive and you know, their body physically changes. But like Larry Johnson, the, the position flexibility, and you saw this here at Ohio State because there's been times where they've had so many uh, so many defensive ends. And, you know, they flip, you know, Tyquan Lewis inside. They'd flip Joey Bosa inside. Then Hubbard. Sam Hubbard. It's like, hey, we've got bigger dudes who are more physical, who are more skilled with their hands because they've been here two, three, four years. And then we have some guys who are a little younger, more raw, that you can get on the edge and just use a little more athleticism. And so they go to that Rushman package. And frankly, at Ohio State, with it's all married together with how you play. But you know, when you, you can score a lot of points, teams have to throw the ball on you a lot. And so it's you don't have to be like a firm piece in there, you know, taking out when you play Wisconsin, Iowa, it's a little bit different. But the rest of the teams, man, it's go get, get up the field and yeah. let the linebackers play off of you. And so it's very appealing to a defensive lineman. Hey, I can play outside, play inside. What does that do for you? It in massively enhances your draft stock because they want that at the next level. And Cardell, no, you play quarterback. You're like, all right, well, in defense, all right, here's our subgroup. They flip this dude inside. They move these guys around. Fine, you better find them. Yeah, like yeah, you gotta got to figure out where the guys are on the field. And so that's it's a lot of value with that to the next level to be able to be developed like that. And not many teams are able to do it because they don't just don't have the quantity of quality dudes. It's the same thing Ohio State's done on the offensive line, honestly. I mean, yeah, they're they're going out and finding six foot five, three hundred and ten pound linemen. They're not as concerned about finding that tackle body. I'm sure you have your occasional Paris Johnson type that you know exactly what he's. But he's be. probably gonna play guard but this now, year. But he's gonna have to play guard. But Paris's draft value goes way up. Because in the NFL, you're, you got seven offensive linemen that you travel with. I mean, you've got to have guys that can play all over. And so these guys get uh, increased value. And for, for Larry Johnson and JT Tumaloa specifically, 
that 4-3 front Ohio State plays is a big piece of this puzzle. And I think that those two things ultimately are why I think he picks Ohio State. Is Oregon still playing 3-4? They yep. play that. Oh, yeah. he ain't, I'm telling you right now, the more that I see of that, he ain't going. He's not going there. So, you know, that's the value. No one wants to play in that. that. That combination of Larry I think, Johnson. Yeah, I don't think he's no head up for I go every play. And, no, he got to come off the edge. That, combination, that yeah. combination of Larry Johnson and the, and the scheme Ohio State plays, I think, is ultimately what what pushes him over the top because a kid like that is going to make a lot of money anywhere he goes in the name image and likeness era. Sure. I thought he just meant in general, like McDonald's bags. <laughs> <laughs> they did cancel a trip to Alabama. They didn't visit Knoxville, so we missed out on that. They've got couriers, great courier service. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> McDonald's is on Uber Eats now. So no, no, they deliver. <laughs> Let's go. That's great. That's about, I know we're about to. What I envision is yeah, Nick Saban on like a moped, dumb and dumber style, driving from Alabama all the way out there to Washington with just a giant McDonald's. Like when you go through, <laughs> Double you, back. you've got like five orders there and it's just all <laughs> stacked up, strapped to them, Lloyd Christmas style, riding out, riding on out there, taking them three days. The firm has been so subdued and I thought we were just going to get out of here without going off the rails, but you picked up the slack, Bob. That's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> Team player. Uh, that's Cardale Jones. He's going to sign in uh, a bill into law in the state of Ohio. Yes, 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 I'm the one signing it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually signing it. I want you to bring a pen. And when (laughs) the wife gets out, you sign Hey, where do I sign that? Everybody signs. Is this the start of your political career? No, um, (laughs) Cardale for president, what is it, 20... All right. You talk to Gonzo about that. He'll tell you what goes into that. I don't believe you'll be old enough to be president at 24. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how old are you, Cardale? 28. Yeah, you wouldn't be quite. You'd be 35. Yeah. Two more cycles. 28. Uh, Cardale, 28. Civics are important, folks. Make sure you go to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or play school. Either way. <laughs> there it is. Comedians up here today. Anyway, God, that's Lee. Cardale, Jones, Bobby Carpenter. I am Austin Ward. Education secretary, Cardale. Maybe that's what you should pitch when <laughs> you're up not? there. You need to pitch that. Hey, He is right. the czar of name, image, and likeness. So I think he should honor. go regulate it yeah, all. Like, he he knows all the ins and outs. He can help these guys get through it. This has been Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. Come get some fried pickles on Tuesday. Mm. Appetizer Tuesday. Jay-Z's favorite, and he's not even here to enjoy them. We'll have to drop those off for Jay-Z. <laughs> we will be back here next week. Hope everybody has a great uh, 4th of July weekend. Uh, we'll see you for Letterman Live back here at Roosters next week.